Three, two, one. everyone and welcome to the Legion with live stream episode number 171 14 July 2018 it's an impressive date my friend a very girthy date to impress your friends with when they say what day is it remind them in big burly tones that today the day you witnessed the Legion of Myth was the 14th of July 2018 even if in the future you're watching this and it no longer is that date you can tell them Wow, that was a lot for 14 July. I'm, I'm hey, J July's already got the fourth in it. I mean, come on. Hey, that is the 14th. We're gonna celebrate that day. It's important. And you All know right. why it's important? Why is that? Because that was the first day we met. Huh. Actually, I'm not sure about that. So I, about I am <laughs> Alex Garth on Marsh. With me is Brent Heathen Dog Grissomer. Yes. Hello, everyone. It was hot That's... when we met. I think hey, it actually hey, was hey, July. Why am, I, why am I off center? Because you chose to be. I don't, I don't choose, I don't choose to be. It was hot. I think it was July. It was after the 4th, or it might have been the 4th. It was around the 4th we met, actually. I think so. Right, or, could be. I mean, I was yeah. never allowed off base. Yeah, because you were fourth. always in trouble. I was always on call. No, I was oh, always on, on call. call. That's it. On call. Always on call. Yeah. Sure. Restricted to base, quote, on call. Yeah. All right. Then here we are, gentlemen. We are here for you tonight. Bringing a message of love from beyond the stars. Well, to the stars. Well, to yeah. the We're Earth. Not... Oh. The message oh, yeah. is from beyond the stars. Oh, 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 the, the alien in your brain. Okay, got it. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. Yeah, carry on. Hey, why? Don't question my alien. It's fine. Don't it's question fine. Xenu. Xenu. <laughs> We're going to definitely get hit for that. We're no, no, he didn't mean any of that. He didn't mean it. Crazy. All right, so all that aside, what segments do we got today? Well, we're going to have Heathen Dog see the dogma where he's going to talk his RPG fundamentals with Basic Fantasy RPG 3rd Edition. Yes. That is the most exciting name for any RPG I ever. <laughs> I know, and you'll understand why it's called that. Ooh. This was actually, I'd like to give a shout out to Sheris. Uh, this was uh, recommended, and he turned me on to it. Say, so, hey, this, uh, this is a. Uh, this is a good one. Go ahead and throw this one out there. And I read it. I instantly fell in love with it. It's like, hey, I got this board game about trains. What's it called? Trains. Wow. That's wow. going to be great. <laughs> and in Garthos Comic Poll, we have a trifecta of numeral <laughs> unos. All the number ones. Oh, come on, guys. They're all collector's editions. All Bet super money. collectible. My Bet retirement money. is secure. Exactly. Now that you you buy 20 each of these, and you can retire like That's a king. right. You'll have your own island. We're going to talk about the Amazing Spider at number one, Super Ant number one, and X-23 number one. <gasps> What's sad is there are actually more number ones that were released this week. Wow. Yeah. I, did, I didn't buy those. So, and also in the RNG, we're going to talk about what is your favorite Star Trek series, and why is it the next generation? Yep. That's the only real answer. You just got to tell us why. Yeah. That's the only part that differs. Pretty much. Pretty much. 
you can, uh, you know, there are arguments that can be made. You know, Toss is my favorite or something. That's fine, right. but we know what it really is. We know it. Come we on. Know. It's okay. We know. It's, it's right. okay. It took me a long time to admit it myself. It's okay. It's okay. You can say Deep Space Nine is your favorite. We know. We know the truth. You can say Discovery is your favorite, and we'll laugh at you. Yeah, actually, and... you got to go. you got to <laughs> stop Stop breathing my air. Get out. You know, we we'll, might need to call Child Protective Services or something. Oh, that's mean. That's that's no, no, that's, no. They are definitely mean. abusing their children and their spouse. If and you're making dogs. them watch Discovery, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's mean. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean that. That was that was uncalled for. All right. A special thank you to our top subscribers through Twitch: Alphadine, Baldahar, Needle Bear, Deep Sea Dauber, Sean Butts, Rises, This Guy, Oh, and a Patreon: Hicks206, Sheris, and Algarian. Thank you so much. Please like this video, follow, subscribe, comment live when we're on when we're twitching it. Like right, you could right now, or on any YouTube's comment. We'll, we'll look. We'll comment back. Sure. Also through Streamlabs, we got Baldharth. Through Twitch, Zontram, aka Zon, PayPal, Alan Fifty One, Max Zivilov. Hey, Heathen Dog. Hey, Baldharth. I just like Heathen Dog. I said hi to you. Thanks. And the video games, Beldar. Wow, thank you, Beldar. We love you. Uh, be sure to like, follow, subscribe. I just said that. You know the drill. Repeating for those needing. Comment. Lead to myth. Big love. Message. Love. Welcome. Beyond the stars. Do it. Wasn't what was the name of that song? Ah. Uh, oh, you're asking the wrong guy. I told you. The earlier. intergalactic. Ah, uh, who sang that? I can't remember the name of the band. Beastie Boys. No, no, no. Well, they did do Intergalactic. That's right. Intergalactic. No, it's a song from the 1970s. They're talking about an alien. And uh, they're talking about the... Oh, that's... Yeah, that's Xenu. That's the name of that song. Yeah. Okay. But they're talking about the... Uh... Stop talking about science. No, he doesn't mean it. He doesn't mean I'm it. trying to remember the name of that song. And always, you can like, subscribe, or comment through Twitch. Twitch TV slash Legion of Myth. Join us live. Comment. Be a part of the frivolity. Twitter at Legion of Myth. Tweet us. We'll tweet you back. We've had some good action there. Uh, YouTube. Discord. Join our channel. The audio version of this is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, and Find podcast aggregators everywhere. Booyah. I think it was Donnie and Marie did that song. Uh-huh. As always, you can support us many ways through our Patreon subscription, Streamlabs, PayPal, getting our gear, cheering in Twitch. We will talk more about that later at the end of the show. Just keep it in your mind. Keep it in your mind. Wearing the shirts, looking good, looking good. Well, I wore mine on Thursday. I know. I know I did not. I should have, but I didn't. But something we didn't mention on Thursday, and we probably should have considered how terrible that mission was, is the disclaimer. Oh, Yes. The opinions expressed in the episode are solely the opinions of this individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or even offensive language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I know what you came for. It is not to be basic. Basic entertainment comes in any form you want. You can stare at a wall and watch the paint dry. You can watch the shadows creep across your floor in the middle of the night. But I tell you what you want. We're going to talk basic fantasy, which is advanced entertainment, with the most advanced mind ever to touch the topic. A gift for the face of God himself who came down just for this one moment for you, my friends. This one time to let you know what you think. And do what you think about basic fantasy and this system it is. The one guy who has the information you need to for once find meaning in your lives. 
Heathen dogs. <laughs> Tabletop gaming fundamentals. I feel like I feel like I'm in a John Cena meme. <laughs> <laughs> like I, that should be a picture of John Cena. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, glad to see you. Hope you well. Glad you could see me. Hope you're doing well. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about Basic Fantasy Third Edition. Now, it's called Basic Fantasy because that's exactly what it is. It is an RPG stripped down to the bare minimum. Bare minimum, and the best part, it's free. Absolutely free to everyone. Everyone. Garthard, are you are you sufficiently surprised? I am very surprised, actually. All right, there you go. Let's go to the particulars. Uh, the publication date for first edition, 2007. They revamped it quickly, 2008. And then this latest edition came out in 2014. Self-published by a dude named Chris Goderman. And PDF at uh, basicfantasy.org is free. Or you can buy a soft cover from their website for $5. You could get it on eBay. Why? There's no reason to get it on eBay. It's five dollars, man. Come on. Yeah, some really? reseller trying to make some money. Yeah, the reseller has got to recoup shipping costs at least. It's gonna be ten. Don't even look. I didn't even look. I said, why? 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 Five bucks? Why? All right, let's talk about the game itself. It is old school. All right. Okay, you start with SRD, which is the system resource something. Uh. Systems reference document. That's right. Which is which is what uh, all open source uh, D twenty games are based on. All right. And they strip the rules. Oh, it's and called Klaatu. Ah, sorry. Oh, good job. And they they rebuilt the rules from ground up to make it feel like ba uh, in between basic and expert D and D. Old school came in a box. D and D. Make it feel like that. This is an actual character sheet. all you need that's it that's pretty basic yes uh it's it's uh, simple by design they it, they wanted to get a younger audience to be able to fully play the game like I, I was playing since i was four years old dude you were not shut up you're not playing advanced dungeons and dragons at four years old stop it this game is recommended for second or third grade children and higher because like i said it's easy the rules are easy. They can play it. They can have fun. It's not going to be challenging numbers-wise for them, so they can just get into the game itself. That's why it's made like this. But it has enough to where an adult would be completely satisfied with this system. I'm going to go on. Let's talk about it. Okay, now, character creation. Now, if you remember my champion's character creation, it took two episodes and a hundred and 80 minutes to create one character, and I didn't do the math. And you didn't screen. even fully create it, really. There's so much you yeah. missed. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't do a lot of the background stuff. Yep, right? you didn't I, do advantages, yeah. disadvantages. No, no, I, I did some advantage, disadvantage. But no, I, I, I mean, uh, uh, what are they adders, called? Adders. Adders. Lawns. Yeah, I didn't do that. I didn't do that crap. I also, uh, I gave him 75 points for a base, but I didn't build a base. I just said he had a 75-point base. So it's just his PI office. You know, he's got a couch and fridge or something. That's nice. But, Mini fridge. But this this page right here, this is it. These are all the steps to making a character. It actually says in the game, 
thinking of your name is the hardest part. And it's no joke. I have agonized for 10 minutes on a character's name. It took me six and a half minutes to make a character in this, in this system. So, yeah. That's pretty good. Okay, you roll stats. 3d6. All the stats are basic. Strength, dex, con, intelligence, wisdom, charisma. Basic. You roll your stats. 3d6 for each one down the line. You don't like them? You got to re-roll them all over. Now, of course, your game master may vary house rules. You could do the 4d6 method. You could you could place them wherever you want. It's up to the game master. But in the book, this is the recommended way. And after you do that, you choose your race. I'm going to go into more races later. And after that, you roll your hit points. Your hit points are based on class and your constitution score. All right, so you just roll them. And there's your hit points. And then you record your special abilities. If you have spells, you record your spells. Your thieving abilities, you write them down. And that's done. You look up your saving throws. Like the cleric here. Saving throws. Bam, write those down. And then everyone gets 3d6 times 10 gold pieces to buy every, anything they want. Armor, weapons, spell components, horses, food, rope, chalk, bells, whistles, whatever. And that's it. And you're done. Yay. You can use the rest of the time to draw a picture of your character if you want. Okay. That's nice. Character pictures are good. Yeah. All right. Now I said I was gonna get, said I was gonna get to the races, and here they are. They have meaning again, like they did in the old days. Races have general demeanors. All right. Newer role playing games, they kind of, they kind of. Oh, their modern role playing games tend to walk away from saying everyone yes. is diverse and exactly. special. They, yes, they homogenized all the races. They're not supposed yeah, to be like that. Yeah, you're they're supposed to be different for a reason. Yes. Yes. You, they're they're not just humans with pointy ears they're not just short humans all right they're different they have different outlooks because they live longer or shorter or they live underground they're going to think and act and react to the world differently than another race for example is it just one, your, does that elf look a lot like hugo weaving it that it does he does yes i was thinking that as well no, right, no lie <laughs> uh, elves in this one are snooty they are they think they're above everyone else because they're the longest live race and they usually have the most magic and they usually means that they're they think they're crap don't stink and dwarves are humorless, dour curmudgeons. Yeah, awesome. That's what they are. And humans are normal. That's the baseline. Baseline right. is human. That's what you're supposed to be. Because all these other races, in the old role-playing games, they were called demi-humans. Well, guess what? Basic Fantasy brings that back. These are called demi-humans. Woo! Yes. And then you get your basic stat adjustment. You know, if, uh, if you're an elf, you get increased dex and intelligence. If you're... If you're a halfling, you get an increased charisma because they're like little babies. Look at little babies. Look at little babies. And uh, you get the racial special abilities of low light vision or thermographic vision or resistance to charm or whatever. And then humans, they don't get stat adjustments. They don't get special abilities, except they get a plus 10% XP bonus across the board forever. That's nice. Great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. Because all the other stuff, all the other stat adjustment, is only in early to early to early mid game is when that's important. After after early mid game, when you actually get to the mid game, mid levels 10, 12, that's not important anymore. But that 10% XP bonus, when you get higher levels, that's going to be super important. Cuz that starts that starts actually cutting a big chunk in into your uh, into your leveling time. Now, speaking of leveling time, we're looking at the class advancement. This is rules light people four classes 
four. I wrote four. Yeah, that so very much sounds like the old red box of D and D. Yes, exactly. See this? That as soon as I saw that, that's why I just harkened back. Cleric, fighter, magic user, thief. That's it. That's it. I want to be a paladin. You want to play a different game? <laughs> to hell with you. That's I want to be a chaotic good paladin who's also a tiefling who. <laughs> Not in this game, buddy. Take a hike. Hit the bricks now. The cool thing about this is anyone can multi-class. Anyone, even humans. You get you get to cherry pick the the best out of both classes, the best hit point tables, best saving throw tables, uh, best uh, two hit bonuses, whatever. But the kicker is to advance to the next level, you take what you need for say fighter and thief and add it together. You have to get that much to advance to the next level in both at the same time. And in later levels, that can be damaging. Damaging. Look at that. Uh, to go from 19 to 20 in just a magic user is 1,950,000. Is if you're a magic user thief, which you can only be if you're an elf, elves can, the only elves can multi-class fighter magic user, thief magic user. You would need 1.95 million plus... 0.975 million added together to go from 19 to 20 in both. So an extra, what, 30%? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. 50%. So yeah, so in the early game, it's cool. But when you get to the mid game where where the uh, where the XP XP goals are much higher, then you're going you're gonna to see yourself advancing much more slowly than everyone else. But hey, you knew that going out. So there you go. Now, what do we got next? Oh, combat. Here you go. This is all the combat you need right here. This is it. The only thing I'm missing here is uh, situational modifiers. Like it's nighttime or my eyes are closed. It's going to modify your combat. Or I'm in, I'm in oil. Whatever. But this is your basic combat. That'd be an interesting combat if you're in oil. You roll a d6 plus your dex bonus for initiative. All right. Highest goes. Is there, if there's a tie, highest dex goes. If there's a tie, you, those two people re-roll. Highest number wins. Good old-fashioned way to do it. Right. You get your base attack bonus. And you can see in the chart below me, your base attack bonus for a first-level fighter is one. First level, everyone is one. You get a one. So it's a, you okay, one. Uh, if you also, you take that one, you add in your strength for melee or your dex for a missile or throw weapon. So let's say you have a 14, 14 dex. I think that is... That is a, also a plus one. So you have a two. Okay. Two. Okay. So you have a plus two. You roll your d20. I roll a 10. Plus two is 12. Does it equal or is it higher than your opponent's armor class? Yes. Oh, you hit. Good job. That's it. That's it. You hit. Very nice. Very nice. And it has the, has the one in 20 rule where one is always a miss and 20 is always a hit. There's no critical. It's just 20 is always a hit. One's always a miss. That's it. That's all the combat you need to do 90% of the combat in this game. That's it. Nice. I like it. Now, because of all this, the story gets to shine. Less rules equals more roleplay opportunities. Uh, the mechanics move quickly, obviously. Uh, combat is fast-paced and exciting because everyone gets to go all the time. You're always going. There's no, there's no someone, oh, I got to stop action for a minute while I do up point totals or figure out all my bonuses and minuses and, 
and figure out all of the skills and proficiencies and feats and stuff, how they add it. No, man, you don't get any of that. So everyone's going all the time. You're not going to get bored. And because combat is over so quickly, because it's moving so fast, the rest is open for good storytelling. All the players have all the opportunity they want to role play. You can take your time in the town talking to the barmaid, talking to the drunk in the corner, because you know that all the action is coming up and it's going to be fast and you can move on to the next one. And this also gives the game master an opportunity to build the story, to build the world, to be more descriptive. It gives him more time, her, him or her more time which is excellent. I love it. You should love it. Now, well, I'm a little more skeptical on that point. I don't see what would hinder you from doing that in another system, but I could definitely see how this would help that there's less rulesy stuff in the way. Yeah, I mean, you, you can get more done in the same time frame. Yeah, because you don't spend as much time like, oh, i got to look up that up. i got to look that up. Exactly, is that a reaction? Exactly. Can a reaction take place on phase B of this phase? Yep, of this segment, yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. You save all that time. You can get a lot more done. Now, because there's less rules, there's also drawbacks. Uh, less customization. Unlike in, like, say, D&D 5th Edition, where you can just drill down your character and just make him exactly the way you want, or in uh, act exactly the way you want, or in Champions, where you can make your character literally the image in your head because of all of the different devices you have at your disposal. They don't have that. Don't have that at all. All right. There's no gnome paladin thief. Can't have that. Uh, Thieving abilities are all set in, uh, in ADD second edition. Whenever a thief goes up level, he gets, uh, he got a certain percentage pool that he divvied up between his thieving abilities. No, look, there's a chart. You just get your level and that's it. That's what you get. Saves time, but it lacks customization ability. I think first edition did that. Second edition did it as well. No, no, we're talking about just having a chart. Like you didn't oh, get add okay. points, you just this is what you get. This is what you get. Boom. I'm pretty right. sure basic did that. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, now it also adds more work for the game master. The reason being is because uh, a lot of judgment calls are needed. There's less rules, so there is easily a situation that'll come up that is not covered. In the rules so you got to wing it so you, you got to be able to wing it there for a sec and say uh i'm gonna say this some people don't like that at all because you know special situation rules aren't there like in uh in, in champions or DD fifth edition or even Shadowrun or mage the ascension vampire the masquerade all of those have rules for almost any situation you could be in almost anyone it complicates the game but it takes away the, the uh, uh, what I want to say, the, the I'm in, I'm out, you know, I'm out on a creek without a paddle type situation you could be in where you're in a, in a place that needs a judgment. You don't have a rule for it. Right. Yes. But. Right. Sometimes the, you manage to get into yourself into a zone where it was like, well, this isn't covered. You know, exactly people normally right. don't ride purple worms. Yeah. The, and I, I decide this is what happens because there's no. Because the game doesn't tell me what a purple worm would do in this situation. I got to wing it. All right. right. Now, because of that, this is not for a rules Nazi player. And you, you've you played with them. You've GM them. The rules Nazi is a character who will overrule the GM saying, no, in the rules, it says this, this, this. Well, a rules Nazi dies in this game because there aren't that many rules. <laughs> or they'll try to, well, 
In that case, someone will pull the, well, the rules don't say I can't do this. Well, they don't say you can. Suck it. I'm the game yeah. master. Rule number one, what I say goes. There you go. That's, that's actually, in, in this game, it's called rule zero. Yeah, in, in most games now, that's rule zero. Like, whatever zero, the game correct. master says, that's that's what happens. That's it. Yes. Yeah, and sometimes there's just not a rule for that, and the rules Nazi is going to freak out because that he's out of his comfort zone. He's out of yep. his box. Yep. And it's also not for the power player, especially people coming out of uh, D&D where, you know, first and second level, they can get just the right feats, just the right skills, just the right training to be the axe-wielding god of death. They've gone on the internet research with all the exactly. most powerful feats to take at first level are. They have their class planned out yep. to level 20. Yeah, yeah. Every, every round they get five attacks, two for a pre-initiative, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That those guys are going to die hard here because there just isn't those uh, aren't those options here. Not those options. They're not there. Every fighter is basically the same as any, any other fighter. Sorry, man. Very good. A fighter. There it is. And that is my. Oh, it was short. Yeah, you know why? Because the system is easy. <laughs> the system. That's it. That's it. And uh, I'll have the. Uh, I'll have the link in the credits. And it, and if you're watching this on, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna put it in the chat right now. Cause it's free. Yeah. Which Basic. is neat. Fantasy. Or throw some bucks. Oh. If you use it, throw or, some bucks. Bam. You know. That's right basicfantasy.org bam and uh it will be in the uh in the section below if you're watching this on in youtube the show so you'll be able to click on it. in the show notes that's on, right on youtube well thank you the dog sounds interesting it actually makes me want to try it you know i i did a mock combat with with my wife we both generated characters like i said we both took six minutes six and a half minutes was your and wife's then... character's name like helga the board or something she didn't. She didn't want to make a name. It's like <laughs> not even worth death, making right? a name. Yeah. No. 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 She said, We're just gonna fight to the death, right? I went. Yeah. Well, I don't really need a name. Just. So you can tell. You can tell what kind of nerds we are. I'm sure your character was named. Yes. <laughs> See, mine would have been named. Mine would have been named like something like the Fritz the short-lived or something. You know. <laughs> Fritz funny. came from a small mining town with only one dream: to fight in the arena. Uh, you know, we're just making these to kill each other real quick. Yeah, I know, but I gotta have yeah. motivation. Yeah, but Fritz, <laughs> don't make fun of me. Who's your character? <laughs> has a name, Ty has a background. Tiberius Thunderdome. <laughs> His father was the three season champion of Thunderdome, and he's <laughs> next thing you know, you have a campaign. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she uh, she rolled up a cleric, I rolled up a fighter, and oh no, a straight up fight, I won. What do you what do you? What think? a what... shock. But it, but it was harder than I thought it was going to be because uh, because of the spell she took. But uh, yeah, yeah, straight up fight, equal level, fighter wins. That's how it works. But it didn't happen right away, which I liked. That's good. Like in in D and D fifth edition, a first level cleric and a first level fighter fight. They, it's it's two hits in that one. The cleric gets hit and then the cleric hits the floor. It's basically what happens. Depends. He lost all of his hit points. Depends. But uh, okay, I'm, I'm I'm calling it though. All right. Fighters, fighters, no Oh, the fighter's supposed to be. He's a fighter. Yes. Oh, uh, let's see who bleeds out first. Oh, wait, I'm a cleric. I heal myself. I win. You know. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Heathen Dog. It was very informative. It sounds interesting. Everyone should check that out if they're so inclined. But remember, don't miss an episode. Follow with notifications. You go, you click the little follow button, you watch it through Twitch. There's a little heart there. It's like, what do you do with that? You click it. Oh, my God. And bam! You are. Then you go subscribe. <laughs> What happens there? You want to know? You have subscribed. Oh, yeah. 
Then you go to YouTube, and you add to that baby. YouTube and Twitch. And then Ding. you'll never miss an episode. Right. And your life Ever. will be better for it. Absolutely. <laughs> El Gary says that's so exciting. You know what? <laughs> I'm not saying this will make your life complete. But I'm just ask, saying it'll make but, it better. But ask yourself, is your life complete right now? And have you subscribed? No. That's just something well, you need to. Hey, it's an avenue, man. It's it's something you haven't tried yet. I'm just, just saying, you know, I think it was uh, Abraham Lincoln who says the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single subscribe. <laughs> I believe that's what he said. Yes. I believe so. I believe he wrote 100%. that in the Magna Carta. So, 100%. <laughs> and if you want more, he the dogma, and you should. You, I, more than you should. I know you do. You won't admit it to yourself. And But on those dark nights when you're alone and you're laying in bed and all you can hear is the ticking of your digital clock and you're thinking to yourself, what is happening? The hum of the charger of your cell phone is all that permeates the room. Dimly lit by the LEDs that sprinkle around you in our modern lifestyles, like stars of an endless galaxy that someday will blink out to the heat death of the universe. And as that goes wow. by, what you get in your mind, that little thing is, do I want more heathen dogma? And the that answer, you, kinda, the only answer you find is yes. That got kind of dark. <laughs> got a little dark <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> Just let yourself go to more right. heathen dogma. Gotcha. And you can do that on YouTube with Heen Dogs, Heen the Dogma. Check out his anime and RPG segments and his team-ups. The sound effects are amazing. Thank you, Okari. Uh, Warframe, Star Trek Online. You can watch us as we do that on Twitch and also past events. Check out his past streams. We've done a complete run-through up until the newest expansion, but that's happening soon. It's happening, yeah. Of Star Trek Online with Buck Fastmacool, Starfleet's most unhealthy captain. Also, many other games where you can see the list. They're all fantastic. You should check them out. And he's currently streaming Monday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, Soma. That's right. And I'm actually making progress. Only had to cheat twice. Hey. Two times. That's okay. It's only cheating if you catch you. Well, Otherwise, it's optimizing the system. Sure. There you go. Done. All right. Thank you, Heathen Dog. Oh, what's this? I see a new slide. What's happening next? It's... Yes! Garthon's comic poll! Garthon pulls comics! He runs from the store! He's stopped by the attendant! He actually pays for them! After, <gasps> after he gets out of jail. And he reads them! And he tells you about them later. And informs his cellmates what he should buy. First! The Amazing Spider-Man, number one! Written, first, first. Then, Legacy number 802. Uh, written by Nick Spencer, pencils by Ryan Otley, inks by Cliff Rathburn, colors by Laura Martin, and a cover here by Ryan Otley and Salvador La Roca. Okay. All Nick right. Spencer, Nick Spencer. Thanks, Nick Spencer. That sounds familiar. Yes, the name Nick Spencer is is mm, synonymous mm. with garbage. Yeah, uh, it has been on this podcast live stream. <laughs> Yes. Nick Spencer is most famous to listeners of Garthon's comic poll as the guy who ruined Captain America. Oh, took a dump on Cap. Took a dump Art. on his entire legacy, his entire he series. Wrote him made, him made him open his mouth even. Yeah, just Ugh. the worst just Captain America run of all time. Used to belong to Liefeld. Now it belongs to Nick Spencer. Hey, good job. So, um, Mark Wade having to write Amazing Spider-Man? No, Dan Slott had been writing American Amazing Spider-Man. And Slot had some amazing stuff. No pun intended. 
And but he was getting a little long in the tooth. Seemed like he kind of ran out of ideas. His last issue of Amazing Spider-Man was got a nice wrap up to the series. Actually had all the had some great emotion to it. Um, so nice finish. But he needed okay. to go. Okay. And he knew he needed to go. And Nick Spencer took over. And you were thinking? I was thinking, oh God, help us all. But Nick Spencer <laughs> had written good things before Captain America. So, kind of like Star Trek movies, how every other one sucks. Maybe that's Dick Spencer's writing deal. Like, every other gig sucks. Because this is really good. Wow. Um, His writing is nice. Um, The characters each have a unique personality. The plot line is good. Uh, Everything reads really interesting. He actually takes the idea that almost... It's a big trope in superhero comics. When When there's an issue one, it's alien invasion time. Sure. And he actually does that, but turns it on its head in that it's not really an alien invasion. It's actually turns out to be a plot by Mysterio. Wow. Spider-Man B-lister who actually stages an alien invasion and almost wins. But that's not even like the whole crux of the plot. It's actually nicely nested like... I just forgot the term also. The Russian, the Russian dolls. Nesting. Well, there's yeah. a term like Maristrushka dolls or whatever they are. But this, while this is all going on, there is a narrative throughout, mainly of Spider-Man talking to himself, which borders on navel-gazing. It's very no. close, but it's not. It but, never gets into the, I'm so depressed and dark. Tap dances around it. Yeah, it doesn't ever go, my parents are dead. I was raised by Aunt Ben, my Aunt May. Uncle Ben died because of me. Oh, God. The spider is darkness, as am I. He never does that. <laughs> okay. You know, but he... Uh, so, but it, he does... It starts out with him remembering, like, the happiest times of his life when he was, like, with Mary Jane. The girl. Yeah, still... Yeah, I... Come on. Yeah, he know. might have been thinking, like, the substance. No, we weren't, actually. Um, <laughs> so, but... And then it goes to, like, his current situation, things happening with that... Uh, the alien invasion, and he does a nice job setting plot lines for things happening in the future. I mean, his life still is kind of on like a downward slide. Like he's now moved in with two other dudes. You know, one of them is uh, Robin's Robbie's son from the da- from the Daily Bugle. Uh, the other one is actually the supervillain Boomerang. Oops. Well, Boomerang doesn't know he's Spider-Man, but, Sp- but he knows the other guy's Boomerang. And the oh. reason that, like, they needed a third tenant for the apartment to, to afford rent. And when he applied for it, you know, Spider-Man didn't object to it because, one, they needed the rent money. And two, he knows that he's part of, like, some bigger plan going on, some bigger plot. So he's trying to figure out what that is. But the guy's really kind of a jerk as a roommate. He's, like, playing Call of Duty super loud at 5 in the morning. And, like, why are you doing this? Like, dude, that's when the Korean players are online. They're hardcore and I'm the best, you know. So, kind of funny. Perfect sense. Yeah, but all this stuff. Uh, but his life goes dead. He, like, he has that going on. Uh, one of his former classmates in college has developed a, uh, a new computer programmer, a new computer program that could take any written uh, article or paper or whatever, and it could use chaos theory and a bunch of other stuff to deduce if it's actually plagiarized by comparing it to styles of other other writers and things, right? And so, you know, he, as the science editor for the Daily Bugle, goes to check this out. And it's like, oh, hey, it's Liz or whatever. I was in class with her, yeah. And it's like, oh, just for example, we're going to use a paper by a former classmate of mine 
uh, with the Daily Bugle, he's right here, he's Peter Parker. He's like, oh, hey, sure, why not? He's thinking, yeah, great, this will be cool, this will be fun. And then they pull up the paper, says like Chaos Theory and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, wait, I didn't write that paper. Dr. Octopus, when he was in my body, wrote that paper. Because Dr. Octopus finally finished oh, yeah. his yeah, degrees. Yeah. <laughs> it actually got Peter Parker a doctoral degree. Uh, yeah, so he they used Dr. Octopus's doctoral thesis. <laughs> and so when they awesome. ran it through the computer, it goes, eh, plagiarized, actual author, Otto Octavius. <laughs> and he went, wait, wait, uh, I didn't, I tell you, they're like looking at him. He's like, no, no, I didn't, I didn't. And like, this is like in a huge conference that's like on the internet and televised, you know, like. <laughs> and so basically he's like, oh, great. Because he's talking like, you know, life for Spider-Man sucks right now. But for Peter Parker, it's going good. I finally got this going. I got a good job. I got respect of my peers. He's like, well, res- respect of peers gone. <laughs> Cause, cause and like, you're broke. And then he gets back to, you know, ju- the planet – or sorry, the bugle, and he's fired. Because, like, I can't – like, we're already cutting staff. Papers are losing money. And you have just been exposed as a plagiarist in, in front of the world. I can't have that. I, newspapers have hard of a time with the reputations as it is nowadays. I can't have a known plagiarist working for me. He's like, but Robbie, I didn't. He's like, I know you probably didn't. I believe there's some weird, convoluted explanation for this. Because I've known you for years, and I, I trust you. But I can't have you on. And I gotta fire someone anyway, and you're it. Sorry, buddy. Hit the bricks. So he's basically like losing everything. Uh, but he does figure out that Otto's behind... Uh, not Otto. Mysterio is behind the alien invasion... Takes Mysterio down. Mysterio has to go to court. Uh, does it put food in his table? No. no. But what's actually highly entertaining is like Mysterio is like mono is like going off the whole time. Like yes, no one can figure that I Mysterio am behind this invasion. Though you know, he gives this whole after he gets beaten, he's in court giving this whole presentation. And the and the judge like if you're done with your opening statement, monologue, sir, monologue. If you're done with your monologue. I mean, look, look at the uh, the craft of these aliens. Look, I, this is all practical special effects with union work. Who does that anymore? This is high quality. Wow. So I, I really got a kick out of that. Pretty funny. Because Mysterio is, you know, a frustrated actor, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found that highly entertaining. It wraps up with Peter Parker starting to get his life back in order. Like, basically, basically Nick Spencer takes Spidey down to OK!, your life is screwed up. And you finally hit, he's finally admitting to himself why it's screwed up. And it has a lot to do with after Dr. Octopus took over his life, when he got his life back, he did not say, I didn't earn any of this. He just took over like, yeah, this is my multi-million dollar company. Yeah, these are my doctoral degrees. Yeah, this is my... And that is pretty much what screwed everything up. And he's actually taking this down to, he's losing all that. And Spider-Man finally, or Peter Parker, finally gets it through his head like, oh... My life sucks because I didn't take responsibility for my actions. I just had this handed to me. And I said, yeah, sure, that's mine. I didn't earn any of it. And maybe subconsciously I've been sabotaging myself. No, no, you're you're the Charlie Brown of superheroes, Peter. But yeah. I thought it was you're a neat always going to get a rock. And at the end of it, he actually starts getting his life back in order where he actually is given a chance to start testing for his degree again. And it's actually, his instructor actually ends up being the lizard. Not wow. Kurt Connors, but no, the, the lizard. The actual lizard. Okay, yeah. got it. He's like, turns around like, take a seat, Parker. You know, there's a classroom happen? full of students. So he has How it under control, happen? I guess. 
How did, how did that happen? Uh, in storyline, he, he was actually two? hired by ESU quite a while ago. Okay, great. But he's actually been working with Parker and Q. Anyway, uh, Duncan says, I've been embarrassed as my secondary tears that has spider in my hair. I panicked. The world turned red. I came to with a machete in one hand and a can of four loco in the other. Then I told what happened to Timmy. Oh, God. With four loco comes great responsibility. Heath and Doc. Nice. So, anyway. This is a really interesting issue. It goes on this. And actually, one of the highlights is you find out that one of the what he's doing isn't actually an internal monologue. He's actually been telling this to someone the entire time. And that person is Mary Jane Watson. Yay. Who ends up say, apologizing to him and saying, I've screwed up everything. I'm sorry. I need, and, and she, of course, takes by some, you know, basically gives him a hug and says, of course, I've always been there for you. And so he's actually getting back together with Mary Jane. So that every uh, fan has been wanting forever. Uh, it would be just a pity thing. I don't know. I don't, it seems like it's begin, like that's starting to happen. So, it's nice. This is he's, a great starting point. He's totally friend zoned. I, I doubt it. Um, he's already had that. That was Dan Slott's thing forever. So I think Nick Spencer is like, this issues a whole lot of Nick Spencer giving the fans what they wanted forever, and it was a great issue. Uh, Ryan Otley's art. I'm not gonna say it's great, um, but it's dynamic. It works well. I might not exactly like how he draws the characters, but it's never bad. Um, so I think it's good, not great. I think it's very good. Uh, Laura Martin's colors pop real nice. Uh, she likes to use a lot of bright colors. It makes everything stand out really well. It gives a nice positive feel to the comic. So everything really comes together nicely. So I really, really liked it. I didn't super love it, like everyone must buy this, but if you're at all interested in Amazing Spider-Man... This actually, I would say, is a great issue to, to actually jump on with. So Because it's number one. It's going to be worth millions um, one day. Certain. But one of the things with number one is they do it and say, hey, guys, start with number one. And usually that's crap. This is actually a really good jumping on point. So, yeah. Maybe Sprite number one. How many stars is it? Well, Baldahar knows. Four stars! Hey, Baldahar <laughs> called it. Well, he didn't well, say he it. called it a couple days ago. He called it yesterday. <laughs> or Thursday. But, yeah. Uh, four stars. Really, really good. Not perfect, but really good. Nick Spencer surprised with how good this was. Yeah. Uh, it would have been five stars if the art was better. But like I said, the art isn't bad. It's bad. really good. It's not great. Not great. The writing is great. The colors are great. The art is just good. You know? It's just good. Okay. They're not always four stars. You know, just for that, every re- I'm just going to leave the four stars up there for every comic now. No. These other ones can't be. They can't be four stars. Cannot. Superman, number one. Written like by one. Brian yeah. Michael Bendis. Pencils by Ivan Rice. Inks by Joe Prado. Colors by Alex Sinclair. Cover by Rice, Prado, and Sinclair. Uh, see that? That's kind of what the inside of the book. Wait, wait, like. wait. It took three people to draw that? Serious? Pencils, inks, colors. Oh, okay. Yeah. You notice the cover was actually done by the people who did the interior art. Which that, is weird. That is weird. So, uh, art's pretty good. All right, so Brian Michael Bendis, as we have mentioned for the past six weeks, uh, has been given the keys to the kingdom when it comes to yep. Superman, all things Superman-related. He, in the Man of Steel, he set up the new Superman universe. With, shut down a lot of books. Yeah, he shut down a lot of books, but they're coming back. Um he set up the new Man of Steel, the new Superman universe, essentially, with Rogelzar, the new doomsday zombie villain 
dumbest thing ever. Dumbest, yeah, pretty dumb. Um, he also starts setting some stuff up with the Legion of Doom, um, which I don't know if I think that's great or if it's way too Saturday morning cartoon. Time will tell. Alright, so what's this number one about? It's about Superman. Alright, well, so course. basically this happens almost directly after the Man of Steel series. Okay. So family is out in deep space. He can't talk to him. Fortress of Solitude gone. He's got to move on. Basically it's him moving on. He, A lot of it takes place during conversation. Like he's at the Daily Planet. He's riding up. Basically it starts with him right at the Daily Planet as Clark Kent doing a story on Superman about everything that's happened to him recently. Superman did this and that, right? And then it shows some dramatic action. Uh, but while he's in the middle of doing that, he gets a mental call from Martian Manhunter. He's like, can you lead me outside? So he goes outside and they talk. And it's an interesting conversation, but like every, like, it was like every like sentence is like, so a lot of things are happening and we just talked about, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, wait, one second. Then you see him like zips off. He's like punching a dinosaur in the face. Then, he's just, then he comes back. Okay, sorry about that. They continue with the conversation. He's like, oh, wait, one second. He's like, rescues people from a burning building. He's just back. Okay. You know, basically all the... It's kind of funny. It's like, middle of conversation, one second, flies to the moon, punches a, a, a gorilla astronaut, you know, zips you back. It was clever. I, you know. But what's interesting is, talking about Mr. Manor, like, you know, there's a lot of things happening. Uh, the Earth has lost a lot of protections. So far, solitude has been destroyed. And we are pretty sure, you know, there's a lot of bad with the uh, with the wall being broken. Things are going to be coming in. And there's a lot of alien races going to be coming to Earth now. So the Earth will need someone to lead them, to represent them. Someone to take control. That would take control. Oh, you know, lead them as a spirit, you know, as an advisor, you know. Uh-huh, right. And you should do that. Me. Yeah, Super yeah, you should take the lead on that. People respect you, Superman. Huh. Well, well, well thanks, John. He's like, you know... When we first and Marsh Meinhard tells you know when we first met, you said we had a lot in common, both being the last of our race. And I didn't really believe you because my planet was destroyed by war. Yours just had a collapse, so it wasn't the same. But if Rogalzar actually did destroy your planet, we really are in the same boat. Okay. Okay. Um. But they have the conversation and he leaves. Uh, Clark goes, he goes back to his SS Clark and he talks about like the rest of the stuff he was doing. And he, uh, like he sets up the new fortress, basically the fortress of is destroyed. He's like, oh, don't worry, you can move to New York, well, you know, blah, 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 stuff like that. He's like, no, no, no. So he goes and grabs like the, the make a fortress crystal. Sure. And cool. he decides to uh, drop it in the Bermuda Triangle because no one goes there. Mm-hmm. And here's a private problem with that. Maybe in, I guess in the DC universe, the Bermuda Triangle is someplace that's dangerous. But in the real world, there are like 100 cruise ships a day that go through that. He is not going to be in the middle of nowhere. He's in like Tourist Central if he drops it there. He's by what? Bermuda, Cuba, basically a bunch of tropical paradises. Well, I, I do believe in the DC universe that uh, that magic is much more real. That's than, true. You know, but all. or maybe so. it's full of krakens, so cruise ships don't go through there. Sure. You know, or every plane that goes through it crashes. You know, maybe I don't know. That'd mean he'd be closer for catching those planes, I guess. There you uh, go. But you know, so he sets it up in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle, sets up a new fortress. 
and that's and then he he's about to like publish the story or send it and he's like then he kind of thinks to himself ah, ego and he deletes the whole thing so it was an interesting story it pretty much kind of set the stage for yeah, the future yeah it was a setup yeah well wrapping it Good setup. But it does have a twist ending. Where these senses things are wrong, and things are really weird, stuff's happening that shouldn't be happening, he rushes out and he flies into outer space and he's in the neutral in the uh Phantom Zone. He just appeared there? Well, or... it looks like the entire Earth is in the Phantom Zone. Oh, that's not great. He's like, how is the whole Earth in the Phantom Zone? The place where ev- where every single Kryptonian villain is. Um, okay. Yeah, so... How did that... How did, I did guess Roggles are, I don't know, hooked a chain to it and pulled it with him. I don't know. He probably could do that. Or, like, he planted something before he left. No, no, uh, the uh, Rumble Seat, whatever his name is. He is, uh, he is a Silver Age Superman, apparently. Yeah, so who knows? I don't know. Um, so that part, I kind of... I didn't like the... the what's the twist ending? The monsters have a deal with the cruise companies. They accept certain levels of menace exchange for the Kraken's pulling towards some Paris tales. Nice. Hey, DC's got some plans. Good job, Duncan. Um. So. What do we got? Um, I liked it. The art was really solid. It was a little dark most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you could also tell, like, with that slip up from Martian Manhunter, that's probably not Martian Manhunter. It's probably a member of the uh, Legion of Doom. Like saying, yes, Superman, you should take over. Hmm. You know. So. Elgarian sees his coverage just to stock art. It's so like, ha, oh, look at me. I'm super. Well, they're trying to get that impression, I think, Elgarian. Trying to show, look, good old fashioned Superman is back. So I'm going to give it three and a half stars. Yay! I liked it. I didn't love it. The tw- uh, the uh, twist ending made me roll my eyes, but it did give me a nice positive Superman's back kind of feeling. Right till the end. And that's like, eh. Really? Are we going back to where Ruggles are already? Already? You better better have a real good explanation for this one. There will be. No, not a four Valdahar. So, yeah, three and a half. I, ah. Eh. The ending ending killed it. The ending kind of killed it. Otherwise, it might have been four. So, there. Three and a half. Last. X-23. There were 22 X's before me. But I'm X-23. Written by Mariko Tamaki. Art by Juan Cabal. Color is by Nolan Woodard. Cover by Mike Choi and Jesus Abertov. All right. X-23. Did you watch the movie Logan? Yeah. The little girl, that's X-23. Except she's nothing like that in the comics at all. Just, it's a clone based off Wolverine's DNA. Yeah, the little girl in the in the movie was a, a feral hose right, beast. Right. Well, she X twenty three starts out that way in the comics, sort of. She's but she's more trained. Anyway, they made all right. There are a whole whole. They originally there were a whole bunch of clones of Wolverine. These female clones, right? Because they were trying to make it. Basically, they, they said, hey, the problem with the weapon with the weapon program. Is that all these stupid weapons, every time we make one, we take some beauty, we modify them, and then they always, like, turn on us. What if we just made our own beauty so we could raise them right, and uh, then they wouldn't be able to turn on us, because they'd be trained and programmed not to. And everyone, hey, high five! 
And that's what they did. So they made a whole ton of female Wolverines. Uh, one of them was, you know, got sentient enough not to be an idiot. Uh, Yay. And that's X-20. That was the X-23. Not Weapon X-23, because that's not accurate. Actually, that'd be Weapon 10. Um, just so you know. Uh, okay. Gosh, what's your... Anyway. So, her name's Laura. The... So she has a pretty established history. Uh, when Wolverine was dead, she actually took over as new Wolverine for a while. Uh, she started out as kind of a lame character, I think, but has become more interesting as the years have gone on. Uh, this book actually, you know, is about her and her with her younger clone sister, who's from a different batch, um, who's known as Honey Badger. Because uh, Honey Badger don't give a Honey Badger don't give. Honey Badger first appeared in Deadpool, if that'll give you any clue of why she's called Honey Badger. Okay. Got it, got it. Yeah, so she's younger, she's a little bit chubby, she, she's not fat, she's just a little extra weight on her, uh, but she also can go full feral Wolverine, does not give a crap at anything, does, just does not care. She'll regenerate back from it, does not care. So that's why she's Honey Badger. So, Honey Badger actually kind of makes the comic as, because X- Laura, X-23, is kind of the straight man for the book. Sure. Honey Badger is the comedy. And it's not wacky comedy, but it, there are some really interesting moments. Like, uh, it starts off with them, like, falling from a skyscraper, trying to fight these guys who just stole uh, some the key to a mutant genome. And they're like, you guys can't have that. You'll make super soldiers. You are evil. And the guys are, like, activate their jetpacks. And these guys are just trying to cut their jetpacks off and fight them into the, as they fall. And they're not too concerned about falling because they'll just regenerate. Sure. But, you know, they use their super ninja skills. And uh, so they don't fall too hard. They basically land on the dudes. So they're fine. But one of the dudes is a big lizard super guy who throws a uh, cement truck on top of Honey Badger. So I strength has to, you know, kill him too. Gets the, they get the cement truck of Honey Badger. It's like, you okay? You, you, how do you feel? She's like, oh, I feel like a pretzel. Not like eating one. Not like, not like I'm hungry for a pretzel. But, you know, like like I've been twisted like one, you know? Actually, wait. Yeah. I do want a pretzel now. Let's get a pretzel. <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. It's kind of funny. Um, there is a lot of inner monologuing because she's an angsty early... She's late teens now, I guess. Uh, she's working with uh, the Beast uh, with what's going on with the genome here. She's working with the X-Men people. Uh, the Cuckoos show up pretty heavily in the book. Uh, who The Cuckoos, if you're not familiar, are clones of Emma Frost, the White Queen. Ugh. There were five of them made. They all have... But they're all like a group mind. So they all are constantly sharing telepathically with each other. They kind of share thoughts all the time. Two of them have died. Mm-hmm. Well, one went crazy and killed a bunch of people. So oh. she had to go. And the other was killed by a bad guy. So there's three left. And they're always talking like, hey, you know, there's like some fun most of them. Like, hey, look at the cuckoos. Hey, guys, how you doing? They're all at the same time. Hello. It is good to see you as well. Yeah, great. Hey, you guys are clones like us, right? We're like clone buddies. Come on. Bump it. Fist bump. They kind of look at them. One of them slowly kind of fist bumps. Yeah. You know, well, that's Honey Badger trying to get them to. They're like, yeah, thanks, cuckoos. It's great seeing you. 
Like, those guys creep me the hell out. It's like, that's fine. The cuckoos creep everyone the hell out. Which leads to this. But most of this is, you know, they're establishing the characters. Because it's an issue one. With so many clothes, the probability is nearly 1.0 that one's going to go full Jigoro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Duncan. The... But basically, they're saying, uh, one of the main contentions in the book is that it's Laura, X-23's birthday. She's like, she knows it's her birthday. This is the day she was cloned. She knows this. But she never celebrates it. And that's brought up by the fact that the cuckoos, like, they, like Honey Bear's like, cake. I smell cake. You have cake with you. Why do you have cake? They're like, it is our birthday today. And Laura's thinking to herself, what are the odds of that? And later comes an issue where Honey Badger is talking to Laura at a restaurant then, and she's saying, when's your birthday? It doesn't matter. Well, I don't have a birthday. I have no idea when I was cloned or anything. And I'd like, I want a birthday. It's like, well, was it? look, birthdays are pointless. They don't matter. It's like, it does matter. I want a cake and candles and a party. And I've never had any of that. And don't you understand? It was nice seeing that difference of opinion of like what is important and what's not. It was, kind of, it was a nice interplay of character going on. Okay. Me, uh, while that's going on, you see where the cuckoos had taken the... At the same time that's going on, uh, they had, uh, they had, X-23 had learned, and Honey Badger had learned that a prominent geneticist had gone missing. Right? So, like, is this linked to this data being missing? Like, maybe, we don't think so, we're checking it out, but we'll give you any leads, all right. Because back to the Cuckoos, and they're at this abandoned mansion, or abandoned apartment, abandoned building. And they have brought out five cupcakes. And, as, and you see that the scientist Aww. who is missing is there at a computer. And they're all talking to you like, huh. Well, we, it's much nicer having her do the work to make the new clones. Yeah, she's much better at it than we were. Yes, that is why mistakes were made. But this time we will get it right. Isn't that right, Esme? And they go and they look and there's like two like kind of twisted looking cuckoo clones. So they'd remade their sisters and downloaded the memories into them. And, and it was just bad. Yeah, it did not work out well. They did not look good. And that's why they brought extra cupcakes for their birthdays so they could have them as well. Sure. The scientists got the cloning done at one go. It was a Sunday. There was a game on. <laughs> there wasn't a gun. And doubt a person's science was better than another CSI rerun. That's right. Fair. 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 So, the cuckoos, who are creepy and weird, have kidnapped a geneticist because, like I said, they were a hive mind. They needed those missing pieces back. So, without telling anyone, because they knew they'd be in trouble, they kidnapped a uh, cloning specialist geneticist, had her, and they're having her program new clone bodies because the clones they made are dying. And then the three normal cuckoos after the after the kind of sad, kind of lame little party, leave. What's interesting is the character development of the cuckoos during this interaction. It shows that some of them like different flavor cupcakes. Some of them like frosting and some don't. Some don't even really like cake that much. And so it shows they actually have divergent personalities. And some of them want to be more divergent than others. So I'm sure it's going to come to play later. But it's nice seeing that kind of a subtle setup to it. It was never like, no, I want freedom. I'm different than you. It was never anything. It was just very subtle little things. But at least the two wounded cuckoos, or failed clones with the scientist. And, like, one of them isn't really well-to-do. The other one's a little better off. She's like, 
Like, they think you're going to live through the night and time for the bodies, but we both know that's true, don't we? I've had this, I had our scientist friend make up something and, like, pulls up this vial. Don't be afraid. It will end it quickly and painlessly. We both know you're too weak to be part of our collective anyway. <laughs> so, uh, wow. yeah, basically the one who went psycho the first time is going psycho again. And so she offs the other cuckoo right there. The other failed clone. I guess they could make a new clone of her anyway. Or maybe not. I don't know. But, yeah. Kills her. So okay, that's... So it got dark toward the end. Yeah, it got really dark at the end. Yeah. Okay. What do we got? As Duncan says, it starts a different place with cupcakes, but ends with a string of dead bodies and unstable relationships. And yes. There you go. Now... That's exactly how it ended. Now, earlier, we'd mentioned how Nick Spencer ruined Captain America. Pooped in his mouth. Yeah, got it. Mariko Tamaki ruined She-Hulk. Oh, he's the one who did that? She. Yes. Sort of a... But, X-23 is really good. Oh my god, it's it's the the real thing. It's it's like yeah, Leapfrog. Yeah, it's not all like, oh, we're all so dark and everything's so sad and all the peace within. You know, it has an element of that, but it is a more stable realization of it. You know, it... it it's interesting character interaction. It's interesting developments. Uh, nice, subtle depressing. things. Right. And this is really nice. Uh, the artist, Juan Cabal, does a great job with everything. It's not super realistic art, but every panel is fun. Everything works well. Everything's staged well. The colors are nice. Uh, really dark where it needs to be. Really light in other places. Um, always does a good job showing like how the relationships are forming just through color. So really a great job. Um so, this one I actually liked the most. It's a hard... Uh, so, I'm going to do this one four and a half. Wow. I, I really liked The Amazing Spider, but the art held it back just a little bit. The art in this one's better. I really like the writing the character relationships of it. Don't mind a star. So, plus, that, plus that twist at the end? The twist is Superman I didn't like. What was... Well, no, not on that... Yeah, but oh, this well, with one, X-23. Yeah, the twist in this yeah, was like, oh, was hell. Good. Right. Yeah. So... Great setup, great comic. It has a nice mix of action and character development. Uh, X-23 has always been a kind of a dark, boohoo-me character. And she's still sort of that way, but is all getting over it. Mm-hmm. And then you have Honey Badger, I think, kind of leading her to a lighter path. And you see that. Um, so that's really, really nice. Cool. I really like this book. I'm, I wasn't going to put on my pull list, but now I'm going to. Because I just really, really liked this issue. Cool. So, yeah, four and a half. Bryce 23. Dang, I'm shocked. Shocked and shaken. Because She-Hulk sucked so bad. Bad. Oh, my God. And they were still feeling the ramifications of that crappy version of She-Hulk in the Avengers. And I hate it every time I see it. And it's making me not like the Avengers. But this is good. So, so far. But issue one of She-Hulk sucked. That sucked from the beginning. This is good. So, uh, yeah. Mirko Tawaki, thumbs up. Good job. And that is Garthon's comic poll. Hope everyone liked it. Don't miss an episode. You can follow. You know what to do. You go. Hit the green thing. And then, ta-da! Subscribe. You've subscribed. And you're happier. And your life is at least 1% better. At least. At least. Probably as high as 20%. Just saying. Most likely. As always, you can subscribe on YouTube, get notifications when we're going, and you'll add, you'll zap the bell. Whammo! Zap! That's right, says Elgarian. Indeed. Pew pew! 
If you want more Garth, it's available on YouTube. Check out past streams, past comic polls, past live streams. All of that. It's all there. Star Trek Online, Secret Legends. Check it out. Uh, check out past comic polls. Check out when we stream live, when I'm teaming up with Heathen Dog on Sunday nights and on Thursdays as well for Warframe and Star Trek Online, respectively. So check that out. RNG. What random things you talked about this week? Oh, it's not quite random for us. I mean, anyone has something they want to talk about, maybe something we said, uh, questions maybe, we can do that. But first, we're going to talk about uh, what Star Trek series is your favorite and, and why is it TNG? That's right. Star Trek series. There have been many of them throughout the years, starting in the 60s, until the most current series, Discovery Now. Um, I could remember, being an old man, back when the big argument was who's better, Kirk or Picard? Kirk. But... As an overall series, which series is the best one? And well, let's hang on. Let's talk about them. No, we're not talking about them. We're just saying. Yeah, we're gonna, well, no, we're going to talk about first. Let's start on the left. Let's let's look at Janeway. Okay, first female captain. Check. Okay. Orders, Duncan, I think disagrees with what we're saying. Uh, well, he can disagree all he wants, but we're we're, we're going to walk him to the light. All right, <laughs> we're going to walk him there. All right, first female captain. Check. Yep, true. Okay. Yep. Uh, uh, not ready for the mission at hand. Well, she was ready. Okay. How dare you say that? No, no, no. She was not. Yeah, it was a skeleton crew. They weren't supposed to yeah, work so, out. They yeah. weren't supposed to get of the galaxy. They were yeah. they're, they're only supposed to be gone for like a week. Tops. Right. Maquis screwed right. that up. And uh, Thanks, Maquis. It, it started out good. Whereas TNG, the first season. Wait, you, I thought the first season of, Discover, uh, Voyager was junk. No, 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 no. It started off believable. And then Aww. it started to go off the rails with all this Borg nonsense. No. There's no way your ship could go against no, the no, Borg. No, see, dude. I come disagree. On. Because oh, I remember I bought, I was in the dorms. I bought a TV just so I could watch the premiere of Star Trek Voyager. Mm -hmm. I put it, set this little crap TV up in my dorm room. Had a VCR on it. Yeah, I, oh, Sanyo. There yeah, was it was a Sanyo. Yeah, yeah, I bought the BX. Everyone had the same yeah, one. Yeah, it was at the BX. We had the same one, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, we I watch it. Like, there's like four other like, dudes. Like, oh, all right, watch it. Voyager. Yeah, yeah, pre Oh, yeah, we go watch it. Watch premiere episode. I did not watch the second one. Okay. <laughs> First episode sucked so bad. I watched the occasional other episodes. Like, oh, God, no. See, I, I, had, a, I had a different take on it. You know, the, the first season, they they were believably structured. You know, they, they were getting their butt handed to them because, you know, yeah, sure, their their, their ship was uh, top of the line technology-wise, but it just wasn't beefy, you know? It just didn't have the kick right. no, that a I, lot of the other ships did. Now, I will, give, I will give you that the first season of Voyager was kind of realistic in how they set it up. You had the yeah. – not everyone was super happy on the crew and holding hands exactly. and walking yes. through the corridors. Yeah, they yeah, were in a no bad situation. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. I'll give you but that. But then after that, it just got more and more unbelievable. You know, de defeating Borg again and again, defeating species that defeated the Borg again and again and again. You know, well, it, just, it just got weird, well, man. It just got. They didn't weird. weren't really winning. They were like getting by the skin of their teeth. And yeah, but they had yeah, Voyager had some fantastic arcs, like the year Everett Springs with the Year of Hell. That was a great arc. It's it it like two episodes. Come on. What? It's like five, more than that. It's like four or five. Um, year of Hell Part One. Year of Hell Part Two. Oh, no, so, look that up. Okay. But okay, so so that one can't win. All right, let's go to Enterprise. And, and, and you, you see Archer in the background. He knows what's going to happen to him right now. You see. Wait, him. wait, wait, wait! I'm done with Voyager. 
Voyager to me was a really weak series with bad enemies like the Kazon. Yep, yep. Like I said, it got weird. Once they got rid of the Kazon, it got better. And I hate to say it, when Seven of Nine joined the series, it got really good. That's. I'm not saying it's because of Seven of Nine. I'm saying it's at that point the writers decided, hey, maybe we should write a good series. Mm. I, I I was more of the believability factor. Like, uh, yeah, you're getting off the rails now. No, but uh, for, the, for writing and and cinematography, yeah, okay, yeah, the, it, it uh, got better. Yeah, when I because I wasn't watching Voyager at the time, I saw like oh they got a new Casimir. Who's that? Oh oh look look it's a really it's a hot girl in a super tight suit. Wow, great, mm. that's great Star Trek. You know I didn't watch it. I didn't watch Voyager until it was off the air, right. and I happened to be watching like all this. I had a job where I had a lot of spare time, and at my computer at work I was able to stream netflix so i watched it was amazon prime so i watched all the star trek series and i started watching voyager and after i started really liking it it got really i was very surprised but i also saw why i didn't want to see it in the first run right but i think that as if you binge watch it's a lot better than every anyway so we already know it it, it overall is not bad but it's not the best but it can't win right okay now now we're gonna go to sad archer Sad right, Archer, now, I thought we were going... Oh, we're skipping, I see. We're, we're, yeah, T, we're skipping TNG. We already know, we already know what's going to win. All right. So, Sad Archer here. All right, look at him. He looks for... Well, he's kind of sad. He's yeah. sad because his series was canceled three years too early. <laughs> it was! It's true. it's true, it's true. Now, now, why why was it canceled? Why was it canceled? Well, there are many reasons for that. Okay. Among them are crappy time slots, bad support from a terrible network. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty much the main reasons it was canceled. The numbers were good. It was getting good ratings. For its time slot. For its time slot. But it was also on the crappiest network. And the network did not believe in the show. They didn't want it. Nope. Uh, after, uh, they they really relied on time travel too much. Yeah. Really the, well, like the that. first, the, the temporal Cold War time yeah, story what? was no. crap altogether. It was crap. I mean, th- and that was like most of season two, half season three, all that crap. It was all time travel all the time. It was nonsense. Yeah, once they stopped that, uh, they got a new showrunner and it actually it got too good. Late. Yeah, it was, it was too late. late. It's too late. The so last it, season it was, of Enterprise was just fantastic. It, it was it was killed by a bad network that didn't believe in it and uh, see, uh, season two. Yeah, uh, Duncan says they also time. weren't factoring uh, online viewing and DVR for view viewership numbers. Mm-hmm. And also, Gary says a time travel story can be amazing. It can, yeah, no, no, unless can, but... every single episode yeah, is another single... time travel story. No, 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 sorry, pass. So Enterprise can't win. If All you're right, Doctor let's... Who, every episode could be a time travel well, story because that's yeah, your show. That, that that's your shtick. That's your thing. Now let's 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 go to uh, to the far right, and we see Cisco here. DS Nine. That's a good series. Yes, it was a good series. Here's what I loved about it. Okay, it brought back the grand season-long story arcs. You know, yes, that was it nice. It really brought them back. And the uh, Avery, uh, yeah, Avery Brooks, is, Avery Brooks, excellent actor. Oh yeah, great actor. Excellent. That job, great actor. In real life, cuckoo bananas, but he can act because he comes off as awesome That's on right. the show. All right, it's just that everyone else was subpar. Maybe it was in comparison. Uh, well, that's know. not true. O'Brien and Worf were great, but they're both TNG. They're both TNG. Does it count? <laughs> um, I I liked actually I liked almost every character in the show. All the main characters yeah. I liked a lot. They had a lot uh, of good stuff going for it. 
Uh, at the end. But Deep Space Nine, last season. Deep Space Nine is a very dark series. It is. The last is. season is completely off the rails. Yes. Oh, oh my God. It is. It is. And it's just a is, war story at that point. Uh, it's a war story, but it's also just – it's not well written. Cisco becomes Space Jesus. Yes, Space uh, Jesus, yep. Kai Wynn is like – it's having some weird evil Paul Wraith rapture moment. Yep. With, with uh, uh Gold Ducat who's now yep. a car who's now a Bajoran. <laughs> yeah, looks like a Bajoran, yeah. Oh it got it oh, went. It, it was, went. was like is is Avery writing this now? It went and, 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 and oh, that's also the same season that has Kira like use the power of the prophets to have like a mind laser fight on the promenade. With Cisco's kid. That yes. was funny. So yeah. Last season, completely, uh, they were like, we yeah, don't even care anymore. They, yeah, it's like, woo! Oh, wait. Oh, uh, Terry Farrell left our show. Oh. You know what? F you. We're still having Dax on, and you're dead. Yeah, we'll bring yeah. it back as a kid. Yay. Now, that well, wasn't I liked so it. bad. I liked yeah, Desri it, Dax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't so bad story-wise, because right. if you think about the whole arc of the Dax symbiont, it was Cisco's mentor, Cisco's friend, and then Cisco's student. Yeah. Yeah. Student. So and, it, it, we had you went full circle, you know, with the whole life cycle of a of a Starfleet officer type thing. Right. It was great. I like it. How it was written? Uh, not so great, yeah. but the idea was awesome. Yeah. Also, but, I liked how the Esri Dax character was like Esri did not want to be a host no. in her whole life. She had no desire for it's it. Good. It's good. Now, and, you're getting too specific. You're getting too specific. But we, no, still. I'm just gonna say I, the last it. season. Has to, yeah, it is too specific. You're right. All right. Yeah, All right. Yeah, but still, okay. uh, Elgarian. Yeah. Wait, I got some comments. Uh, DS9 was great except for Bejor. Bejor. I know. Once they realized they were orbiting such a boring planet, they should have moved wormhole <laughs> and space station. Well, they did. The It was orbiting Bejor. In the first episode, they moved the space station to the wormhole. So, That's true. Yeah, they, they got out of Bejor Dodge. Duncan says the, DS9 to him feels like Discovery Light. You can feel the drama pushing heavily on the plot to elevate itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I can see uh, your point. I see your yeah, point. Yeah, I can see that. I, I, I think that Discovery is DS9 Light. I think well, Discovery. Tr- di- hang on, we're not. Well, we're not there yet. yet. We're not there yet. Not well, there actually, yet. we're about to go there, aren't we? We're about to go there, but we're not there yet. Okay. So DS9 no, can't I'm win. trans. I'm transitioning this way. No, no. we gotta say why. Why DS9 can't win? DS9 can't win because the last season went completely off the rails, writing wise. It went. It went. It went junk. I mean, there was a. There yeah, was it was. A, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was terrible. Terrible. It. It completely destroyed the uh it, it, no i would say completely sorry it, it it badly colored the previous seasons yeah the way it ended yeah it did and then we move on to discovery this giant crap hole of a thing oh my god well discovery has its good points but to me the problem with discovery is discovery is like the girl who has money at your high school but tries way too hard. She has yep. to drive the most expensive car, wear the most mm-hmm. expensive makeup, carry a poodle around in her purse, and is always just trying too hard. Like, and you can't like her because of it. Yeah, and she's really uh, not, doesn't have a great personality anyway. No, no, no. Uh, the discovery right off the bat uh, hit a hit uh, a foul ball by making the main character unliked by everyone else in the world. Right. What? Like, yay, you're. Well, You're the first episode, the first, well, she's actually unliked by, the, the second command didn't like her, but the captain, it was, it was her, like, her glory child. Mm-hmm. But the first episode, two episodes, yeah, the first two episodes were good. Yeah. I really liked them. Then I started paying to watch the other episodes, and I thought the show went off the rails, it tried too hard. 
the it relied Cling on really... in a human body come on dude really <laughs> elgar says is it that bad frelin frack well yes. this is a lot of people love discovery say it's the best series ever and they're all dumb I, well I'm, I'm just saying they have problems in their brain <laughs> they're incorrect they can like <laughs> it i'm saying you're not allowed to like it it has good moments in it but i just doug says the love to episode five six okay. went off the rails Okay. Yeah, the whole main, main character hated by everyone in the universe. Main that happened hated, episode three. The Kling, uh, the special effect, the choice, every single choice they made with the Klingons was bad. Yes, every single Klingon choice was bad. Every single how one. they look, the, their ships, the way, way they act, much. their exactly. storyline, their characters. There was, way, there was way too much of established Klingon lore to do this. Right. There was too much, dude. You couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. You tried, and you, as expected, right. Right. you failed. And then, utterly. And I'm tired of people on the internet saying, well, how come you, oh, it's both going from the TOS Klingons to the next year's Klingons, that's okay? Yes, that was fine. And honestly, I wish they had never, in Enterprise, I wish they had never retconned, like, mm. why they look different. They should have just never said it and said, oh, Klingons always looked like that. Yeah. You know, and just said, well, and just, so you, as a viewer, can say, well, they didn't have the makeup for it in the past. Yeah. And just accept it, instead of having to make up some real reason why they looked that way. You know? And they did that fine. Okay, fine. Okay, they did that. They but, touched on it, and they never touched. They never said anything about it again. They just there is it. no reason for every Cleon now to look entirely different again, just because you have better special effects makeup now. Yes. Yeah. They're, you have more money. When basically. they looked fine, and they were so widely established that way. Yes. Also, yes. Cleons had a high, had an established culture, that while different from TOS, built on TOS. Mm-hmm. And Discovery tossed that all completely in the garbage nope. and really. turned them all from a samurai-like warrior society to a super a religious society. Thugs. You know, religious thugs, basically. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. Yep. They they, they crapped on too many beds and, all at and the same time. My overall problem with the structure of the series has to do with they're talking about the Klingon Federation War, which is an interesting topic that they did totally wrong because apparently – what happened in the Klingon Federation War was the Klingons blew everyone up until the Federation had one ship that could teleport and kill everyone. And then they decided, you know what? We need the Mirror Universe. And they did that. Yeah. You, you don't go to the Mirror Universe in Season 1. You never it, do or that. Or it's just, yeah, you shouldn't do it in Season 1. No. If you do it, it's like yeah. an episode. Yes. It's not your whole rest of your season. And then you go back like, oh, crap, oh, crap, the Klingon War. Yeah, um... There's a bomb on your planet, and and you, we all need to hold hands and sing Kubaya, or I'll blow it up. Yay, we win. Yeah, terrorism wins. Yeah, it's like, well, great. The Federation cool. won the Klingon War through terrorism. Awesome. Yay? And Good it didn't job. make any sense to have a nope. Klingon say, instead of saying, screw you and your undisarmable tactics, do it. Oh, no, that's okay. And, and then all the Klingons went. You know what? I bet they do have a bomb on this planet that will kill us all. Yeah, we should surrender immediately instead of saying, bull, try it. You know? Which is what everyone... Okay, so th- there's many reasons why why Discovery is in last place. <laughs> Duncan I says the Klingons are sent episode one half with the Amish of the Empire. That's right. Now, <laughs> the original oh. series. The original series. Now, it, what, it, what it has going for it. All right? It was groundbreaking for the time definitely was mm-hmm. there is no there's no getting around that yep 
It's a, it is a Western in space. Yes, it's a Western in space because Westerns were the rage back then. If right. you wanted to make something different, it had to have the same feel. Right. It was a Western space, but it wasn't afraid to try and do crazy sci-fi things. One of the interesting things about the TOS you didn't really see in – past TNG, you didn't see it at all, really, mm. were just high-concept, nutso episodes. Right. And yes. I mean, like Harlan Ellison, the famed sci-fi author, just died. He wrote for Star Trek. Uh, City of the Edge of Forever was one of his. Nice. Um, that's still a classic episode. Mm-hmm. The people still talk about that. Of course, yeah. people also still talk about Spock's brain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the first interracial kiss on on broadcast TV. Right. First interracial yeah. kiss. That was yeah, a big that, deal. That was that was supposed to be with someone else, but uh, but Shatner wanted it. Right. So I, it, it was rewritten. To be fair, it is like they're forced to kiss by mind control, and you can tell right. they don't want to, but it's still there. Still happened. Now, still happened. What, why it can't win? Kirk gets written by a midget. Uh, why it can't win? Uh, the acting was... Oh, come uh, on. The, no, it wasn't, it wasn't well, great. TOS sets the stage for what a Star Trek series is. Uh, you have an interesting bridge crew, things happen, you go to a planet. Basically, it sets everything in yeah. motion. Yeah, it, um, it, it, wrote, it wrote the book. All right? yeah, and everyone the, else was it, going it's off the notes. not going to win because it, well, it only had like three seasons. It was yeah. canceled for a reason. Has a lot of clunker episodes. That's some really yep. bad ones. Yep. Has some really right. fantastic yeah. ones. Yes, there were some great ones. There were some great ones. Uh, but, thinking but, back to the Liberace episode was pretty good. I forget what it was called. Are you talking about the Squire of Gothos? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that one was funny as hell. Yeah, me too. That was great. But the... The uh, thing is, the original series, if you try, if you, I want to get someone into Star Trek, like, oh, man, Star Trek's great. You should watch it. Like, I've never seen it before. All right. I'm not going to send them down to TOS. No. No. Season 2 TNG. That's exactly what I would say. Yep. See, season 2 TNG. That That is the that is where I want them to start. All right. That's exactly where uh, I want to start. Duncan Idaho says the ones I love most in the original series were the very classic sci-fi ones. Giant space things, high concepts. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Giant green hands. and Right. Or even uh, like uh, the Nomad one where the probe gets damaged. That's yes. that's interesting. The uh, – I like Spock's brain because it's dumb. But, not, mm. it's not, but, you know, See the Edge of Forever is great. Uh, oh, there's a lot of, like, really, really fantastic episodes. And the first couple were actually, the first couple aired episodes were actually pretty high concept sci-fi with Charlie X and, uh, which is the kid with the mental powers who goes crazy. Right. right. And the one they aired after it was the one where his buddy gets, uh, and a nurse get affected by some, uh, alien field, ended up with mental powers and going nuts. Yep. Yep. And, and that's two. one. Yeah, no, there was the other one where uh, it was uh, two races on the planet. One one of them was black on one side, white on the other. The other one was white on this side, right, black on the other. Right, which is basically the, you know, the exactly. slavery is wrong jerks. Exactly, episode. and then and then when, when they got back to their planet, they realized that they had killed each other. And what do they do? Yeah. Yeah, like everyone's yeah. dead. And then, of course, they're choking dead. each other out. Exactly. That's exactly what they do. And, it, you know, the, that's the one thing they did right. They did really high concept stuff. They could veil it. Right. And, as aliens, uh, not. As alien. Right. And not human. So it'll it'll get past the sensors. No one's going to go. Don't I say salt vampire? Great concept. Yeah. Yeah. Salt or vampire. Or even the. Awesome. Uh, yeah. The original Harvey Mudd episode with the, yes. uh, the Venus oh, drug. Uh, Mudd's women. Yeah. Yeah. Mudd's women. Uh, yep. People are like, that's slavery. Like, no, that was a, a Western concept. Yes. 
of the bringing Coast. brides to the frontier. These women willingly entered in these contracts, it's, and in the end, it married. shows that the what the ideal mate was was not some silly, mindless thing, but a woman who could stand up for herself, who could think, yeah, who a partner, a partner in all this, and that was great. And people missed yes. that so many times. Unbelievable. Anyway, it and that it win. showed like the beauty she had was never caused right. by a drug; it was okay. caused by her and her belief her, in herself. Her self confidence. Her self confidence. Yes. Now it, it can't win, uh, a little bit because it's too old. Yeah, it's it's a little hard to identify with yeah, for a, a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. A little bit more because it it didn't have as as many seasons as any of the others, so you have much yeah. less to draw from, and a little more even because a lot of the situations and a lot of the. Uh, uh, acting were just either weird well, or lot, bad. And also, like, the sets are the super sets are cheap paper mache rocks. Oh, 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 clunky as hell. Oh, you know, you're right. You know, Absolutely. Uh, you know, they, they taped some things to a dog and called it an alien. You know. Uh, Duncan Iowa says, uh, Truckley lost this. A lot of later attempts were flooded by the explanation or intense focus on character to the point where the concepts were arbitrary. Very true. And that, to me, is a big problem with Discovery. Uh, there's no big concept that makes any sense. Okay, so why TNG wins? All right. First season aside, okay, the, the first season of any show is not is not as good as the second, except for except for Heroes. It's the only one I can think of. That, that's <laughs> the other opposite is true. But uh, starting second season, Tardigrades, uh, Tardigrades. They, they, they actually they actually clothed Troy to some degree. <laughs> they, they 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 got they got rid of the Spanks. That was nice. And uh, they started delving into the characters. They, 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 they started writing character-driven stories. Like, yes, there was the, the Creature of well, the Week. There was, there but was the they also the still week. dealt with the big sci-fi yes, issues. exactly. Well. Yeah, and, and they, they dealt with big stuff. But I really like that by the, end of, uh, by the end of the second season, you know all of the main characters. As a matter of fact, uh, what uh, Jordy and Worf go from low men on the totem pole on the bridge, like barely raiding a bridge officer to chiefs of their of their prospective departments that they weren't even part of in the beginning of the series. They, they were both in command. They're both on the command track, but they both go support. Uh, Worf goes security and LaForge goes engineering and they, they, they fast track up. Right. Be, because, because the, during the storylines, those were the skills that they demonstrated. Right. You also see characters grow throughout the series. Yes. Um, yes. It does a and it it really likes it. the characters are all interesting. They have inter they have past. They have futures. They have interesting relationships going on. Mm-hmm. Every character has their moment to shine. Uh, and also, they got some tough notch actors for the series. Oh yeah, they were not joking. Uh, well, pa- Patrick Stewart was already a Patrick Stewart was a well known actor. actor. Oh, he, yeah, was he was in Dune on... for God's sake. He was in Excalibur. Excalibur. Yes, Excalibur um, and Dune. Come on. The... Yeah, but uh, oh, oh, and uh, his uh, my favorite episode with him is I think his favorite episode when he was captured by the Cardassians. He was interrogated. There are four. Yeah, lines. yeah, that's yeah. a good classic episode. Awesome. I, he awesome. just as acting knocked out of the park. The I saw people whine about Wesley, but come on now. Yeah, um, yeah, they they got rid of him for a reason. I get it. Well, I get it. have that, you that, heard? That was Gene Roddenberry in, interjecting actually, himself into the plot again. Actually, oh, here we go. The Wesley Crusher stuff, a lot of the problems with that is the Wesley Crusher is a boy genius, could have actually been a really neat character, and in some episodes he kind of is. But DC Fontana, one of the head writers, hated the character with a passion. That You know why? Because he was he was shoehorned in by Roddenberry. Right. And Didn't, DC and Fontana no 
Yeah, didn't want it. Absolutely hated the character. And that's what she wrote the, like, Shut Up Wesley episode. She wrote a bunch of stuff to make him look bad. In writing meetings, when they were giving Wesley lines, she would always actively fight with the other writers about it. So, G.C. Fontana made you hate Wesley Crusher. Well, helped you hate Wesley Crusher. Like, well, walk you there. She, yeah. she walked you there. Well, Wesley Crusher was actually an interesting character. Uh, they really, I think, missed an opportunity. This is kind mm-hmm. of off topic. When Wesley Crusher went to Starfleet Academy, they had a couple episodes with Wesley in Starfleet Academy where he was interesting. Mm-hmm. He was not... Uh, he was actually kind of an interesting character to go along with. And I wish they had broke off a Starfleet Academy series at the time. It would have been money, you know? Maybe. It would have been. That would have been printing money. Ka-ching! Dawson's Starfleet Academy. <laughs> you know Dawson's what? Academy. It would have been. You know? <laughs> that would have been printing <laughs> money. <laughs> yeah, you know? Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> I don't want to wait for our lives to be young. You know? You know, if you could have one of the heart as your stupid theme song for Enterprise, that's why Enterprise can't win the theme song. Right. right. You know, then you could have had, you know, I don't want to wait over that stupid song is to be the theme for Starfleet right. Academy in there the 90s. Go. Now, what? why TNG wins? Unlike all the others, it just kept getting stronger. Season, so, last season was a little weak. The, 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 the last season was still better than the last season of most of these other things. Well, we don't know about Discovery. But uh, oh. yeah, the, the last season of all these other ones were mostly off the rails. Last season of DS9 is totally off the rails. Yeah. Uh, the last season of Enterprise was really good because it actually didn't get a real last season. The uh, yeah. The last season of Voyager. The last, the last episode sucked and oh my. Of Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah, that's because the previous showrunner came back to do it, and he yeah. loved TNG more than life itself. Because mm-hmm. well, no, no, I do. That is not the last episode of Enterprise. That's the last episode of TNG. There, no, no, it's 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 a, it's in the middle. It's like uh, it's it's where uh, uh, Picard. Has his former captain who's an admiral now, the, the cloaking device that also phased. Anyway, I don't know. You know. I forget which episode it was. But, it's an episode, uh, yeah, but that is yeah, a TNG it, episode. That's right, right. not an Enterprise episode. It kept getting stronger throughout the entire run. I mean, it's not that season one was so bad. It's just that every other season just kept. Pegasus, thank you. Every other season just kept getting better and better and better and better. And every season has a clunker or two. That's good right, for any, right. any, any, any series has that. But. You know, they would fall, they get back, they brush themselves off and step up, right. step up. They would do that. Um, all of the all of the actors were good. Yes. They were all genuine data. You know, yes, just... you cannot say that with any of these other series. Not all of them are actors, man. I mean, Avery Brooks, definitely, definitely, definitely an actor, definitely an actor. But Shatner. No, man, he's just him. <laughs> I love... He's just him. <laughs> he's got crazy Sorry. in his old age, too. I know. He's just him, dude. That's he's the same guy. All the time. So he's not acting, you know, but all of the others are actors. They can do it. They can pull off anything. T- T- uh, Next Generation was kind of, was very much a lightning in a bottle thing. It was, everything was just right. Yep. It had, it had money to make the episodes, but not enough to where they, they got felt the need and... to spend thousands of dollars yeah. to fly in, to fly someone to Switzerland to get the right fabric for the uniforms. Yeah. Like they no. did in Discovery. Um, instead of just, you know, buying something, you know, TNG yes. still was reusing sets. They were do, but that, but they had enough money to make it look decent. They started mm-hmm. using computer special effects, but still using practical for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it remains very relatable because Voyager is, oh my god, everything sucks. DS9 is, oh my god, everything sucks. You know, Enterprise is, oh my god, we can't make it in space. 
But TNG starts you in a comfortable place. Like, okay, yes. we're here, we're yes. established. And it's a way to get people in. It also, Duncan Ice says they didn't paint themselves into a corner with starting premise that stuck through all the episodes. Like DS9 mm-hmm. is next to Bajor. Voyager's always trying to get home. Right, right. They, yeah, they DS9 have... is like the yeah. prophet show. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, all these other, all these other, all, not all, well, Enterprise, not, not, not Well, so Enterprise much. is like, oh, had the problem of we're new and we're trying to establish the Federation that you're yes. always dealing with that until they kind of, right. until they kind of said, eh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the, a lot of these other shows had the, had the premise that had to be included. Right. Every it, episode, they have to mention it. Had to touch it in every episode. But TNG was completely free of that. It's been long enough since the since the uh, uh, TOS that they don't have to touch on any of that. It's been long enough since uh, since the movies they can divorce themselves from that. They can start fresh. They had a clean slate. Right. Also, they could go anywhere, do anything, unconstrained. Also, in my opinion, what hurts Discovery and Enterprise is that they're prequels. Yeah. You know, why? I don't know why when they made a new series they felt the Dude, need. Michael, why would you do that? To go. Why would you do that? In between Enterprise and Toss, why not just make a series after you, Voyager? You, you have you have a blank spot. You have a blank spot. You have uh, at the at the end of uh, of the the last series, and the beginning of Star Trek Online. That's what a forty year jump. Yeah, you have that giant spot right there that you can have all kind of cool content in there. That the only the only thing you have to worry about is a video game. Right, for, and even then, they don't even honestly. And they even don't, you don't have to. You really don't have to. Right. It's a freaking video game. And just don't don't have it as canon at all. Right. Whatever. What's there interesting is. is they have used, they actually used one of the uniforms for Star Trek Online in one of the episodes. Yeah. Uh, I try to remember what it was. Where was it a movie? Basically, like one of the start, one of the uh, those uniforms became canon. But any, even they, even then, you could. I don't think they ever do that, but they could have gone and say, hey, "What's the storyline of Star Trek Online?" Since you guys have you know, been working on Ross, the rights for it anyway. Yeah, yeah, they could work off that storyline, mm-hmm. you know, without having to have the Enterprise and stuff. Like, why do you need to go back to that? You don't. You know, you know, it worked really well for Next Generation because you're trying to make a sequel, and they, you know, like, hey, let's have a new Enterprise and a new crew, and you know, but now Star Trek is established enough. They don't need to do that. Uh, so yes, which brings to my TNG though, you know, the uh, also overall, the story plotting is really interesting. But it's just overall, I don't know, it just it's a better series. Overall, it's just stronger. Mm-hmm. It's just stronger than all the other series. It's it can, it can stand on its own. Duncan says in interviews with the Haunches that they don't think they could do a show after Nemesis because the technology will evolve too much. And he says, look at Star Trek Online, evolve, the, and the tech will work with it. Hmm. Doug also says, prequels are nice, and there's, it's safe, because the prequels are nice and safe. There's phases and transferred clans, and, you know, and un, they're always underestimating a sci-fi audience. Hmm. Right. Ugh. Yeah, TNG didn't do that. No, TNG did not. Nope. They did that, not I, talk Well, that's the why audience. a lot of the networks wouldn't touch it, because they're hmm. like, you know, they thought it was, you know, maybe a little too cerebral, a little too out there. Like, you got a bald British guy as your captain. What? You got that guy from Night Court as, like, a pale what? robot. Where's the space zombies? I mean, there's the space cowboys. Where's right. that? So, you know? syndication. Actually, syndication is being a big boon for them because, mm. you know, I end up watching a lot of episodes during the day, you know. Sure. Like most of us did, I think. But anyway, uh, TNG, strongest, strongest. Uh, yeah, strongest overall franchise. series. 
of all time. That's right. That's right. I'm still a big tosser, but hey, you know what? You you have to even I got to admit, TNG overall is a stronger series. Exactly, it is the best series, and that's why in our RNG today, that is why Next Generation is your favorite Star Trek series. That was the RNG. Uh, Thank you, everyone. Duncan says, if I end up writing my original sci-fi, they will be most like TNG. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. And as always, don't forget the other members of Legion of Myth. Max Leo and Elgarian. Max is streaming Thursdays and Fridays. Uh, games with Nora once a week. Mm-hmm. LMT with Planet with Nora, Heathen Dog, and Elgarian. What about me? Well, this is during the day. You're at work. Oh, I work. Yeah. Well, I don't like any of you people. Oh. Uh, Guild Wars 2. Levels 1 through 80 is now on YouTube. Wow, crazy. It's crazy. True. I watched them do it. I watched some of it. Uh, and also, watch for Elgarian Street, Shroud of the Avatar, the premier Shroud of the Avatar stream on the internet. If you're only going to watch one Shroud of the Avatar stream, you need to be watching Elgarian. That's right. Uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Central. Mm-hmm. So you can go and get your morning fix. If you can't watch it then, you can watch it on YouTube. Watch it later. Uh, Actually, also, no, no, you have to watch it on Twitch rerun. Watch on Twitch rerun. That's what I said. And don't forget our special Shroud of the Avatar links: Role Players the Avatar, rpota.com and SodaHelp.org, the premier role-playing and help websites for Shroud of the Avatar. Oh, well, and also don't, don't forget to we're join Elgarian with Lord of the Rings Online. Yeah, that, that's what? What is that? That's oh, coming up. Rah, look at the schedule. There oh, it is. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, you see, you see with his bargain bin games right now, he's playing Lord of the Rings Online because you can't get more bargain bin than free. That is Wednesday at 8 p.m. Yep. Central, 9 Eastern. So look at it. Here's our here's our lineup. Sunday, 9 Central, Warframe, Groth on Heathen Dog. Monday, 8 Central, Heathen Dog, Soma. Tuesday, 9 Central, Elgarian, Shroud the Avatar. 9 a.m. Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, Gary Shroud the Avatar. At 8 p.m. Central, currently Lord of the Rings. I like that game a lot. Yeah, it's Wednesday night. I actually might be able to... Uh, yeah, you'll be able to watch I, that I could, I could yeah. join him even if he wanted. Ooh, saucy. Ooh. Yeah, he t- I forget what server he's on. Uh, Thursday, noon Central. Max Let's say noon and not 12. That confuses me. I don't know. He just—he's like—he wanted a high news. Confusing now. Uh, Max Leo is is doing the Guild Wars 2 expansion stories now. So first is Heart of Thorns. He's getting into. Wait. No. I believe I believe that's true. Is Heart of Thorns the first one? Yeah, Heart of Thorns is the first one. Yep. Ah, and now uh, Thursday, nine Central. Team up, Star Trek Online, Garth and Heathen Dog. We had a very special giveaway last week. If you we missed did. it, I feel sorry for you because it was crazy. And you could have won 50 bucks. But you hey, could have because you know, Baldahart gave that crap away. He did. He did. He tried to. He tried his <laughs> but damnedest. But it went to him to anyway. No, no, the universe said, no, man, you won. Just take it. That's right. Uh, Friday, noon, Central, Max Leo is doing more Guild Wars 2. And mm-hmm. on Friday at 4 p.m. Central, Soda. And we're hosting uh, Shroud of the Avatar. Yep, Shroud of the Avatar host weekly, weekly live stream. That's right. That's right. And so good stuff there. Saturday, the live stream. Watching it right now. Just come back. That's right. You're here. Very nice. Very nice. (laughs) Bellar says it did. It was great. It was was a terrible mission we played. Oh, God, it was bad. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, or comment. You can do this through Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Discord. 
Click the links. Join us. Be our friend. We like friends. Don't you want to have a friend? You have one friend in the world. It could be Heathen Dog. He is available for very low rates. I can assure you of that. Discount friendship. Trust me. I My monthly PayPal membership to his friendship circle is totally worth it. Excellent. Five stars. <laughs> and also, you can support the Legion of Myth through Patreon. Patreon.com slash Legion of Myth. A Streamlabs donation. Twitch.streamlabs.com slash Legion of Myth. Directly through PayPal at paypal.me slash Legion of Myth. Get your gear at shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. Impress your friends and donate your enemies. Find love in your Legion of Myth t-shirts while drinking from your Legion of Myth mug. And always the most direct ways while you're watching live on Twitch to cheer. Most versatile method. Watch this. What? Bam. Cheer 100. Look at that. Bam. Look at that. Did it right there cheered for himself. Why not? Boom. I, I want a tardigrade friend. That'd be nice. He just run away. They always run away. They always run away. That's why I have to pay heathen dog. Thank you all for watching. We hope you had a good time. We had a good time even if you didn't. Which means you should have one too. That's how group think works. Remember everyone, you have one life. Live it well. Live it nerdy. And have a great journal and novel.